received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Welcome, fight enthusiasts, to the UFC London Open Championship edition of the Gamble Bout Business Podcast. As always... We tip our hat to the many listeners, loyal listeners as well. It looks like you're all giving us positive feedback regarding the podcast. We're tickled about that. I work and toil and train to show you fight enthusiasts around the globe that with the proper approach, due diligence, ethic, desire, profiting in sports wagering is absolutely possible. Those that can do it, show it, like I do. And then the others choose to have all kinds of various other approaches, which is perfect for them. But here, it's all about business. There's no monopoly money. There's no three to one. There's no this. There's no that. There's just pure, finite focus on the bottom line. With that in mind, last week, we throw two and two at them pick up 0.60 of a unit. However, we set up for Aspinall this week, which we run into this week's round five, which is Aspinall plus a 128. And looking at him now, minus 450 or 475, whatever, you hardly have to explain why we took that position when you see that he's that price and we got him well above plus. We've got definition on some of our futures. Surely we already knew Grasso was fighting in September. Her price has gone down just a touch. As well, we've got a date now for Colby and Edwards, which is November on the John Bones Jones card. We'll come back later in this podcast. As we evolve into the fall, I'm going to be rolling out a couple of other betting approaches that I want to introduce you to. We're starting to do more work with future parlays because the menu at these outs allows us that flexibility. If you hang around, I'm gonna show you other approaches. I'll call them sometimes tricks. Many times they work and we look smart. Many times they don't work and you gotta go back to the drawing board. And now the last order of business the Bob Business Podcast into London, 58-53, units of profit, 16% ROI. That's good, but let's make it better by squeezing a little profit into this week's card, which brings us to London round one. In London round one, we're going with one of the earlier fights, 
This was released on the digital magazine Wednesday, and it is a lightweight fight, the third fight in, I believe, between Scotsman Chris Duncan and Israeli Yanal Ashmoush. Both these guys fought on the London card in March. And of course, we got to be aware of the British, French, Scottish fighters on this card, Duncan being one of them. They're going to have some local support behind them. The Israeli fighter Ashmuz came in in March and knocked out this long string bean of a guy that was totally overhyped in Sam Patterson. He destroyed him. Ashmuz, 7-0, often gets overlooked. In this fight with Duncan, I believe he's being a little bit overlooked as well. Duncan, the local, been getting a little bit of love, but I expect with this fight that Duncan, who opened minus 125, he's now plus 140. I do believe he'll get the local love, and as we get closer to the fight, I think it's possible that the price currently, Duncan minus 150, Ashmuz plus 130. Ashmuz is the release. I got him earlier in the week at plus 130. I suggest that you keep an eye on this line, but be patient because it could creep up a little bit because of the love of the locals for Duncan as we get closer to fight time. Round one, Yanal Ashmuz plus 130. Now let's move into round two. In round two, we're still in the undercard. We're going to another lightweight fight. This is the seventh fight into the card. And in this one, we have Spanish fighter Joel Alvarez, long, tall submission specialist against an English fighter born in the Congo, Mark Diacasey. Diacasey been winning some fights lately with good wrestling. And that's what I think might be an interesting elixir when Alvarez and he mix. On the feet, Alvarez may be too tall, too long, and angular, though I believe Dia Casey's going to be the more athletic fighter, the better fighter on his feet. And quite honestly, I'm surprised I'm siding with Dia Casey, but the dynamics fit. Alvarez opens minus 135 in this fight. He's now minus 195. And I've told enthusiasts before. That segment of underdog that starts between plus 100 and plus 190 and grows as an underdog is a very, very profitable segment in UFC wagering. The common person looks at a guy like Alvarez minus 130, minus 140, sees advantage and bets him up because the price is easy, creating value on those of us that are goofy enough, crazy enough, yet ballsy enough to learn how to just go with the flow and trust the handicap. I think Dia Casey's wrestling is the key here. Surely he's giving up some size to Alvarez. Surely he's giving up four inches of reach to Alvarez. But in this fight, we're going to go with the Englishman, Dia Casey. We get a good, tight decision, and maybe we get to the right side. Round two. Mark Diacasey, half a unit, currently priced plus 165, would return 0.83 of a unit. Now let's move into round three. Round three. 
the feature fight on the preliminary card. Englishman Dangerous Davy Grant. What a character this guy is against shipping Mexico's Daniel Marcos. Many times the UFC offers advantageous fights to their locals. Exhibit A, B, and C is the main event, the co-main event, the fight right after that. However, in these couple of fights, what I'm really trying to do is find a fade of the Englishman where we can get advantage on the other side. And in Daniel Marcos, I think we do find that. Marcos opens minus 125 for this fight. Now, it took a lot for the makers to make him the chalk in England, knowing they're going to get bets on Grant, knowing what a fan favorite he is. Yet, they still priced him there. And today, we look, and he's minus 135, minus 140. Boy, they're just begging you to take Davy Grant. And let me tell you what we're going to get with Davy Grant. We're going to get a fighter that's an inch taller. He's surely going to have the experience advantage in this spot. He's going to have home advantage. That's the understatement. He's going to have his kids there. There's pressure here. I think there's guys wanting tickets here. As much as I love Davy Grant, the coup de resistance on Grant, he's seven years older than Marcos at 37. Marcos is coming in the typical Mexican pressure, stalking, make the fight kind of a pressure fighter. He's got boxing all day long. He's got marble for a head. And I think he's totally a perfect matchup for Davy Grant. Currently, Marcos is priced minus 140, but I got my eyes down the line. Since Covington is fighting on that Johnny Bones Jones card, I think it's important that we have a little action going in to that card with our friend John Jones, who I think is in a great position against Stipe. But there's no way we can bet minus 375 on him. Rather, I'm going to take Daniel Marcos minus 140. I'm going to go down on the roller, and the menu for DraftKings gives me John Bones Jones parlay opportunity at minus 375. Marcos to John Bones Jones is round three, and it's a future position that returns 1.17. Now let's move into round four. Round four, another Englishman versus Aussie fight. This one, we're dropping 10 pounds and going to go to the featherweights. Opening the main card, Lerone Murphy. 12-0-1, we've used Lerone Murphy over the years quite a bit. That said, he hasn't fought in a little while. Lerone is an English fighter, big, strong, structured, and he's boxing-based, of course. And he tends to be like that typical European, a little bit erect when he stands and a little bit hesitant. If Murphy came out, guns afire, pants on fire, blazing saddles, and really stepped up volume, he could be a really devastating fighter. Whether he can hold that for three rounds or not, I'm not sure. I know in this spot, he's at home. He opens a very modest minus 160, but oh, what's happened? His number's compressed. Now he's minus 140. Interesting, very interesting, which means there's some early money and early love on Kulabao. We've bet Kulabao, in fact, in his last fight, 
against Melsic Bagdasarian when he submitted Melsic in the second round. Kulabao's getting, in my opinion, completely overlooked here. This line is really tight. It's Murphy's birthday. His friends are going to be in the stands. Kulabao, however, I think has the more well-rounded game. He's versed on the ground. And I think coming off Milsic, he's faced better than Santos and Amir Khani, to be quite honest with you. You know, I'm, I'm not fading Murphy. I'm all about Josh Kulabao and his good spot here. Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. Round four, Josh Kulabao currently priced plus 120. Take your time. Monitor the line. If it goes up a little, because again, Murphy being the Englishman and getting love late, take the best price you can on Kulabao. And now let's move into round five. Next fight on the card, another lightweight fight. We got a Frenchman, Faris Zayam, against Jai Herbert, Englishman. England and France, boy, talk about bitter rivals forever. Uh, this should be a really good fight. Both guys are really long, they're lean, and they're not really very good. The Frenchman Zayam's got some good ground game, but he's got no chin, and he's, his striking is only decent. Jai Herbert's got good striking, but I worry about him on the ground, to be quite honest. The reason we're going with Herbert here is what I saw when Tuporia moved up to fight him and Herbert gave him all he wanted and then some for about seven minutes. Tapuria is a buzzsaw. I liked what I saw against him, though, from Herbert. And in this fight, I think Herbert's the, sure, he's nine years older at 35, but I think he's the full-grown man. I think he's the stronger fighter. He's fighting at home. And in this one, I think the home helps him. And I think he's motivated to come on the bounce and get off of that last loss. Round five, we're going to take the Englishman, Jai Herbert, currently priced plus 145 for a half a unit. So now let's move into round six. In round six, we go right to the main event. Tom Aspinall, part two of our parlay with Prado last week, who came in with flying colors. We're set up with Aspinall plus 128. He's currently priced minus 375 to minus four something. He's a big favorite. He should be. I mean, the key to this fight for me is Tybura has to know to try and drag Aspinall into round two or round three, take him deep, see if he can gas him, lay all over him, make him use en energy. The interesting thing, though, that you would think that Tybura would want to be big to be able to deploy size to usurp strength from Aspinall, but it was actually Tybura who last weighed 254 in his last fight, comes in a lean 246. So he's ready and he's motivated. Meanwhile, Aspinall, in his fight against Blades, weighed 251. Aspinall looks at 258, and if you'd have asked me, he looked 248. So what does that extra weight for one man, less weight for another man mean? I don't know. We're going to watch and see. But I can tell you, having a guy that's priced minus 490 and holding him at plus 128 is enough for me. Round six, Tom Aspinall, plus 128. Now let's move into round seven. 
Lot of rounds today, fight enthusiasts. Round seven, we're going to play the future game again. And we're going to the middleweight bout on the main card where we have Brazilian ship in Andre Muniz against Scotsman Paul Craig. Craig's a submission specialist. He's beat the likes of Ankalaev, Ozdemir, and others. Yet, he's very, very weak standing up. And while he's a specialist, a stalwart at BJJ, he's really inept on the feet. Muniz, on the other hand, a BJJ black belt with capability, coming in off the bounce, got out grappled by Jared Allen in his last fight. Comes in here, but what he showed me in that fight against Allen was deft hands and a great ability to strike. He has improved his striking and is completing himself to make himself a well-rounded mixed martial artist very quickly. I liked what I saw from Muniz, and we're going to take him here. He's currently priced at minus 210. And we're going to take you into next week's fight card, July 29th, where Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has a fight against flamboyant striker Michelle Pereira. Currently, Wonderboy priced minus 190. Now, he opened 215, so I'm happy to see a little love come Pereira's way, and more might come. He's a big, strong, dangerous dude. But this is a skill game. I'll break it down next week. Round seven. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, 190, minus 190. Coupled with Mooney's on tomorrow's card at minus 210, one unit returns 1.24. So we have some seeds sown for next week. We got some John Bones Jones love in a few months. We also have a handful of fights going tomorrow. I wish everyone to have a great weekend. Enjoy the Open Championship. Enjoy the fights on Saturday. And we'll speak to you next week. Thank you. Locked into Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finicaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind the scenes access to the world of MMA. the best sports betting podcast on the board look no further than greenrollmedia.com each and every weekend green rolls covering the nfl college football and mma better than anyone bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in las vegas that's greenrollmedia.com greenrollmedia.com home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network